Okay, this morning I want to talk to you about the concept of sacrifice. Everyone has an idea of what a sacrifice is. Um, life is full of choices and we can't have our cake and eat it. Um, but what do we think about when we think about the word sacrifice? Um, I thought of three things that came to mind for me. Um, sacrifices can be thought of something uh, as something noble. Um, it could be inspirational to hear um, the kind of sacrifices that people make to achieve things. And you think of um, sports stars, great footballers and things, and they, they pass up all the free time, they pass up um, uh, nice things to eat or anything like that, um, and they are very disciplined and focused so that they can achieve a certain goal. And to them, that's worth it, okay? And it, that speaks again about the, the cost that there's involved in, in making a sacrifice. And that's why um, some people look up to that because they look at um, the cost that people are willing to make or, or to pay to, to attain something. Um, what, what might be worth it for you might not be worth it for me, okay? And that brings us on to our next point. Um, uh, sacrifices can be thought of as something um, that is an intensely personal, okay? Um, or relative even, okay? So I just said there kind of what I might call a sacrifice, you might not call a sacrifice. And um, vice versa, what you might call a sacrifice, I might not call it, okay? So um, for me, it might be a sacrifice to, let's say, give up coffee. <laughs> but for somebody else, they don't like coffee. It's nothing to them, but to give up something else then would be um, painful, all right? And then the last thought about sacrifices are um, the idea that they are transactional. So we're talking about that. We're talking about, um, uh, sorry, we're talking about there, I would say there, um, to gain something. So you give up something to gain something. Like I have an example here, um, Kobe Bryant, which was, he was a, a five-time NBA champion. He says, there's a choice we have to make as people, as individuals. If you want to be great at something, there's a choice you have to make. We, can, we all can be masters at our craft, but, we, but again, we have to make a choice. What I mean by that is, there are inherent sacrifices that come along with that. Family time, hanging out with your friends, there are sacrifices that come along with making that decision. So there's a quote from, from him. So um, I suppose you all understand that. Or to retain something, like the idea of um, staying married. It costs, it costs on a daily basis to stay married in a sense. You have to maintain your relationship, keep it sweet. And um, for some people that can be quite a cost, that can be quite difficult. Or um, uh, the last thing there it says is to regain something. We make sacrifices to regain. And um, like the idea of perhaps a financial debt, um, we've lost something and we need to make incredible sacrifices in order to get back to where we were beforehand, okay? So um, just the idea that the fact of the matter is that sacrifices are part of life. We've all, we all know that. If you're alive, you've already sacrificed, I'm sure. Um, you're probably doing it now and you'll also need to in the future. So as sacrifices are woven into the fabric of life, I just want to look the Bible and see um, what God says about them and um, find out how do we decide which ones we ought to be making and not making. So I'm just going to pray. Father, I pray that you would help us this morning, Lord, just to learn a little bit. Um, I pray that, Lord, you would just teach us from your word. Um, please help me, Lord. Um, I don't want anybody to pick up any of my opinions or any of um, 
my lack of wisdom, Lord, but you're all-knowing, Lord, and you know what is right, and you know you are truth, Lord. So I pray that you would help us, Lord, to learn this morning about these things we all need to need to know, um, especially in these difficult times, Lord, what we ought to be uh, putting aside and what we ought to be taking on, Lord. So I pray that you would help us. Uh, I pray all these things, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So, the need for sacrifices, okay? So when we look in our Bible, sacrifices come into, appear in the Garden of Eden, okay? So it says there, since Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden, sacrifices have been part of this world. So I looked up sacrifice in, um, in a dictionary, and um, the word actually means, literally means to make sacred, the word sacrifice, okay? And um, this is from the Webster's 1828. It says, to destroy, surrender, or suffer to be lost for the sake of obtaining something, or to offer to God in worship by killing and consuming, either as an atonement for sin, or to procure favor, or to express thankfulness. Okay? So um, you'll find the first reference to uh, sacrifice, or the, the concept of sacrifice, I guess, um, in Genesis 3, verse 21. Genesis 3, 21 says, Unto Adam also, and to his wife, did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them. So it, it, it's a pretty deep verse in the sense that Adam and Eve have sinned. And they've, they've done their best to try and cover their shame and to try and um, to undo the harm that it caused. But um, uh, it was their leaves, their fig leaves were pretty pathetic. And God had to um, get coats of skins. And where did he get it from? He got it from animals, of course. And this is where the first deaths appear in the Bible also. Okay? Um, so sacrifices, they're costly. They're um, to gain something. But unfortunately, not all sacrifices are profitable. So... Um, we find that in Genesis 4, just um, a few verses over, um, we've got here the story of Cain and Abel. I'm sure you're familiar with that. I'll read verses 3 to 5. And in process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, but unto Cain, and to his offering, he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. So everyone who does a sacrifice or offers a sacrifice um, believes that it will help. Otherwise, they wouldn't bother. They wouldn't bother doing it. Okay, And that's one of the reasons why it says in James that um, faith without works is dead. James 2.17, you can look that up. But then... Um, how can we com be confident about the sacrifices that we're making? It, uh, how can we know that that cost that we're giving up, that thing that we're sacrificing, will be worth it? Okay, and and uh, that's the difficulty that everybody struggles with in this life. Um, I have a story here. It says, trying to retrieve a canteen, Keen, the eleven-year-old son of Dr. Walter Freeman, a famed neurologist slipped and fell into the swollen Merced River a short distance from a waterfall in Yosemite, California. 
there were horrified screams from bystanders, bystanders, but only one had the quick-thinking courage to try and save the boy. Orville Luce, 21 years old and just out of the Navy, though he was still in uniform, leapt the guardrail and swam to the struggling lad. Reaching him when he was only 15 feet from the brink of the cataract. Catching hold of the boy's shirt, Orville tried vainly to drag him to safety, but the force of the current was too much, and both of them were swept over the roaring falls to their death on the rocks 325 feet below. So Orville willed to save the boy, tried his best, gave his life in the attempt, but he lacked the ability to break the torrent's power. So here's an example here of a sacrifice um, made. Unfortunately, it didn't pay off for Orville and um, himself. This happened in 1946, and the boy lost their lives. Okay, so how how are we going to um, to decide? I just said there. Well, we can look to the to the Bible and see. Um, let's look at the perfect sacrifice, as you can see there. Um, and look, look what it took to make that perfect sacrifice, what made it the perfect sacrifice. And hopefully we can um, apply some of these things to our own life. So, first of all, uh, we're obviously talking about Jesus Christ here, going to the cross and giving his life a ransom for many. So what he did first was he offered the sacrifice obediently. So if you turn to Revelation 13. Revelation chapter 13 and verse 8. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Okay, so the, the term here is the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Um, the sacrifice was something that God decided as the answer for man's redemption even before Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. So you have that phrase here, slain before the foundation of the world. Okay, So Jesus obeyed and he sacrificed his life's blood knowing it would be acceptable in God's sight. It was part of God's will. Um, if you turn to Isaiah 53... You'll see that it's part of God's will. Isaiah 53, verse 10. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He had put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. So Jesus went obediently to the cross. Um, and that's the first point. Turn to John 10. The next thing, about, next part of the pattern that we see of Jesus' perfect sacrifice is that sacrifice must be offered willingly. So John 10. I have a good couple of scriptures here for you to turn to. John 10, 18, 
It says here, no man taketh it from me, speaking of his life, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. So not only must it be offered obediently, but willingly. The willingness is such an important point here, because Jesus wasn't strong-armed and forced to the cross, forced to obey um, God's will, let's say, um, like the Irish government is forcing us to stay at home with threats of fines under the guise of staying safe. Jesus gave his life willingly. And he had, you know, he says he has the power to refuse, he has the power to not do it, but he, he did it willingly, okay? Um, and it wasn't a tragic willing sacrifice like um, I just mentioned there of that man, Orville Luce, the 21-year-old who gave his life trying to save the boy, but it was in vain. Jesus did this willingly. Um, but also obediently. So see how all the different parts come together and they make the perfect sacrifice. So Jesus said in Psalm 40, verse 8, I delight to do thy will, O my God. The next part is Jesus offered himself completely. And we sing that song, is your all on the altar. Okay, Jesus gave himself completely. And when he was... When he was on the cross, he was able to cry out, it is finished, before he gave up the ghost. He didn't back down or hold back. The Bible says in John 13, 1, he loved them to the end. So this is one of the reasons why we can trust Jesus' word, because what he says he will do. He told his disciples in Mark 10 um, about himself. He said, they shall mock him, the Son of Man, shall scourge him, shall spit upon him, and shall kill him, and the third day he shall rise again. And he fulfilled every single part of that because he gave himself completely to his task. It's also why Jesus can offer a complete salvation, like the way we sing, Jesus paid it all. We don't need any good work or church attendance. We don't need to sell all our goods to feed the poor, to be saved. We don't need to get baptized. We don't need a vaccine to be saved. Jesus alone saves completely because he gave himself completely. And the last part is offered at cost. Revelation 1.5. So turn back to Revelation again. Revelation chapter 1 verse 5 says, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth. And it says here, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. So it cost his blood. Okay, that's the point. People get the idea that because Jesus was God in the flesh, that it was somehow easy for him. Uh, that it wasn't such a high price for some reason. But the Bible teaches us that Jesus had flesh like us. Okay, Hebrews 4, 15, if you don't know it, um, I'll turn there. Hebrews 4, 15 says, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Okay, so he experienced the same heaviness um, when, when we feel tired, the same pull of temptation um, that, that exerts itself on all of us. He carried an extreme weight of sorrow and grief. 
as you can read in Isaiah 53. Yes, he was willing to pay that cost, and he 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 did pay it. Okay. I, one example um, that makes sense to me or that helps me understand that is, you know, when you're when you're exercising, there's this um, table called um, the rate of perceived exertion. Okay. So it goes from one to ten, and um, when you're exercising, um, like number one is um, a level of exertion that's not just sitting on the couch watching TV or sleeping, but it's just above that. Okay, and then you get um, higher than that, then level two to three is just, you know, traveling, walking around your house or something. It's, that should be easy enough, right? And then four to five then is you're starting to um, yeah, get a bit of exercise in. Maybe you're doing a nice relaxing walk, okay? And you, something that you could do for many, many hours. And then it gets harder from there. Um, you've got um, kind of a comfortable pace. You're exercising, but again, um, it's something that um, is not super tiring. And then it starts getting more tired from there. You're um, exercising and you're finding it hard to, to speak. That's where somewhere in seven or eight or uh, six or seven. And then after that, then you're, you're running. You don't know, um, you can't really speak too much, but um, you, know, you don't have to, to give up too quickly. And then that last number 10 then is, you think you're gonna die. <laughs> You, you can't even breathe and um, your body feels like it's going to explode and that's your the max effort that you could put out in any exercise um, but what they say about the difference between um, someone like us that aren't super fit and then these people who are able to run marathons or are beyond the distance of a marathon is that when they're when they're exercising or running um, or doing whatever they're doing they experience the same level of, of exertion um, from not so painful to painful, but they do it at different speeds. And that's what helped me to understand it, that when I'm running and I don't seem to be getting much anywhere and it starts to hurt, um, that same feeling is in someone who's an Olympic athlete, but they're just able to do it much faster, like Usain Bolt or something like that. Um, but it, no one escapes that, that, that feeling in your body that you need to stop, that it hurts, that, um, that struggle. And it's the same way Jesus was God in the flesh. He had a body, and that body experienced those same extremes. And, 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 but he was willing to go through it anyway. Okay? And besides, you know, so you think about that level of pain, and then you think about the determination it took for Jesus to get to the cross. Like even just that last portion from his, um, his prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane to all of the fulfilling of the scriptures while he was even on the cross, when he spoke to the thief on the cross, when he um, said to the Apostle John, Behold thy mother. Um, you know, it's just amazing to think about all that Jesus accomplished um, with flesh and blood like as we are. I'll read Romans 5, 6 to 8 here. It says, For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure, for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commended his love towards us, in that while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. So this is the pattern we see for um, the perfect sacrifice. It was offered obediently, willingly, completely. 
and obviously at cost. And Jesus' own cost, not the cost of somebody else. Okay? So what can we learn from this? How do we apply that? Okay? So obviously the Bible, if you're in your Bible at all, you know that the Bible calls us in Romans 12 to be a living sacrifice. So let's look at um, let's look at those verses. Romans 12, 1 and 2. And, and see that the way Jesus gave his life, the way he offered the perfect sacrifice, is the same way we ought to give to God today, and the same pattern that we ought to base all of our decisions on. Okay? So Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service. Okay? So, again, the first point being, we need to give ourselves obediently to the things that God asks us to do, okay? We're not gonna, we're not gonna be perfect like Jesus, okay? But the Bible says it's perfectly reasonable for us to offer ourselves a living sacrifice to God. And we can know that this is acceptable, that this is an acceptable sacrifice. Um, if you've heard of missionary Jim Elliot, he said, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. So if you find yourself wondering about a decision, ask yourself, is this sacrifice or is this thing that I'm going to just suffer for or, or pay for um, in some way, is this something that God would be pleased with? Can I do this? Can I offer this to the glory of God? Okay. Um, like for example, can you have an abortion to the glory of God? Would that be something that God will smile down upon and be pleased with? I don't think so, okay? So the next point is willingly. Over to Isaiah 29. Isaiah 29, 13 says, Wherefore the Lord said, For as much as this people draw near me with their mouth and with their lips to honor me, but have removed their heart far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. So I'll just go that far in the verse, in the, the scripture there. But um, he's saying here that uh, people are making a show of obedience. They're, they're coming to church, let's say they're, they're um, doing some of the things that they need to do as a Christian or as a believer in God. But they're not doing them willingly. Okay? So there's a difference between being forced to consent and actually being willing. Um, one preacher gave the example of um, if, he, if his wife um, said to him on a Sunday morning, if you don't, um, if you don't get your lazy um, body out of bed and, and get up and get to church, then you're going to have to make your own Sunday lunch. <laughs> um, so the, the preacher was saying that if, if he got up and went to church, he wasn't doing it willingly. He was just doing it because of a threat that he wouldn't get but he'd have to cook his own lunch. Um, but that's the difference between being willing and being obedient, okay? And they're, they're actually two separate things. Um, so the people in Isaiah 29 here were obedient outwardly, but were unwilling in their hearts. So yes, sometimes duty keeps us on the straight and narrow, um, but knowing what we should do isn't enough. Probably tell our kids that. Um, this verse suggests that our heart is tied to our willingness. 
I think that's a great point. Our heart is tied to our willingness. If you love someone, there is no end to what you would do, to what you would be willing to do for them. And that's why the Bible says that Jesus loves us with an everlasting love. And, and the Bible says if we keep ourselves in the love of God, like it says in Jude 1, 21, we would have such a great impact on the people around us for good. But unfortunately, turn to Matthew 24. Matthew 24, verse 12. Matthew 24, 12 says, And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. So iniquity abounding in our world, our hard-heartedness from that um, is causing um, our hard-heartedness is causing us to be willing to sacrifice for the wrong things. So we're willing to, to um, forego things for the sake of um, the wrong things, I suppose. Okay? So we ought to give to God obediently, willingly. And what was the next one? Completely. Okay? Uh, back to Hebrews. Hebrews 12, 3 says, For consider him, consider Jesus, consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Okay? So, as imperfect people, um, we can often start a good thing, but um, give up maybe because maybe we found, thought we found something more interesting, or maybe we just uh, backed out for some reason that the cost was more than we expected. So many people refuse to give themselves completely, like in marriage, for example, okay? A lot of people, um, you find that the celebrities that are just so hung up on themselves and um, their stuff, they're not willing to get on. They're not willing to, to sacrifice at all for the sake of the other because they, they have everything and they're so spoiled. And um, that can be why they go through so many different marriages because they're not willing to give themselves completely. Okay, they're not willing to pay that price. So once we find something that we know God has called us to and we are willing, we need to jump in with um, the same come what may determination that Jesus um, showed us, described in Hebrews 12. I guess in verse 2 it says here, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of God. So, we ought to be really determined once we, we set our course to, to stay the course and to um, fight the good fight of faith and finish our course with joy, like Jesus did, okay? Like um, another example might be um, getting out of financial debt, okay? Financial debt. You'd be surprised how fast you can get out of debt if you tackle it head on, okay? But a lot of time, we're not willing to give up some of the other things we're giving our money to in order to knock that debt out faster okay so obediently willingly completely and at our cost okay um the government is willing to sacrifice our jobs and our time for the sake of their goals it's easy to sacrifice someone else's stuff someone else's time but how about our own 
First Chronicles 21, 24. This is David here, and he needs to make a sacrifice um, as he's um, he sinned. And uh, he's gone here to the threshing floor of Aruna to make a sacrifice. And first, uh, first Chronicles 21, 24 says, And King David said to Ornan, Ornan's going to give him his, um, his threshing floor um, so he can offer an offering. And King David said to Ornan, uh, he, wanted it, he said he could give for, for, for free. But King David said to Ornan, Nay, but I will verily buy it for the full price, for I will not take that which is thine for the Lord, nor burnt offerings without cost. Um, so it's natural for us to first look at um, what we're losing when it comes to making a sacrifice and base our decisions on, on that first, okay? But that's actually the opposite way that the Bible teaches us to do things, okay? Because the Bible teaches us to look ahead by faith at what's possible. This is what Jesus did. You know, in Hebrews 12, 2, we just read it there, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, that's in front of him, he endured the cross, he despised the shame, but he had his mind on and his heart set on the joy of accomplishing that goal and um, uh, saving many. Okay? And if you look in Hebrews further, actually, look, we'll just go there, back one chapter into um, Hebrews 11, Moses did the same thing, okay? He didn't look at the now, but he looked at what he could accomplish by faith, okay? So Hebrews 11, 30, uh, what is it? 11, 26, sorry. Moses here, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward, okay? So he looked ahead, and that helped him to, um, you know, if you go a verse or two back, refuse to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter and to choose to suffer affliction with the people of God than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. So by faith, he looked ahead and that helped him make the better decision, the more biblical decision. Um, and this is what we can do also, okay? If you go back a few more verses in Hebrews 11, it says in 11.6, without faith, it is impossible to please him for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of him that diligently of them that see, diligently seek him. Okay, so instead of looking at the cost of what you're giving up, look to the reward. Okay, so um, I mentioned I mentioned um, financial debt. Okay, so stop thinking about the pain of cancelling your Sky subscription, and imagine what it will be like not having a mortgage payment every month. That would be nice. Or uh, I mentioned marriage. Like we know marital problems can hurt deeply. They can cut to the core, okay? But imagine working through them and the joy unspeakable and full of glory that, that you would experience when your marriage is in good shape. And and think about other people involved as well, like what about the kids not experiencing the confusion of having dad and mom? living in separate houses, okay? Look at the reward of the thing that you're shooting for. I mentioned abortion. So maybe the first thing that people might do is to look at the costs of their lifestyle, how their life is going to change, or 
going through the difficulties of pregnancy. But instead, we're supposed to look by faith at the potential of that new precious life in the womb and look to our great God who can work all things together for good. And, um, yeah, you know, look at it and consider, you know, even adoption would give them a fighting chance. You know, there's plenty of stories of people who um, were set to be aborted, but for some reason or another, the mother decided not to. And things that they accomplished in their life and the changes that they made to this world, um, Steve Jobs is obviously coming to, to mind. But um, there's some great stories, but it takes faith. It takes not looking at the, the here and now and the pain, but looking forward by faith. All right? So in every life, sacrifice is essential. If you're alive... You know, you're going to have to make sacrifices as the sparks fly upward, I suppose. All right. But um, we need to use, as we learned today, the pattern of Jesus' perfect sacrifice to make your decisions um, and base your decisions on those principles. Okay. Because um, we don't want to waste our lives on the wrong sacrifices, ones that don't pay out, ones that are tragic, like the death of that, that young man that I mentioned. Okay. So, um, you know, when you look at your life and when you look at the Bible, obviously the first thing you need to do is, um, when you look at Jesus' sacrifices, decide, have you been saved? Have you taken Jesus' um, offer of salvation through the sacrifice that he made to cleanse you from all your sins? Um, because only Jesus' blood can cleanse someone sin. There's nothing else that will do that. Okay? And then the second thing is we need to look at the sacrifice that we're making today. I'm, I'm sure um, if you've been listening at all that um, we're all aware of the things that we're doing, the sacrifices that we're making or not making, okay? And um, But after we get saved, we need to, there's certain things we need to add to our lives. Um, and if there's some sacrifice we're making that we need to drop, you know, if God's asking us to, we need to do that. And if there's some sacrifice that God's asking us to make that we haven't yet, we need to um, humble ourselves and uh, come to the place where we're willing to obey completely, even at whatever cost may come. So let's pray. Father, Lord, thank you, Lord, for the time we got to spend in your word. I pray that, Lord, that you um, bless it to our hearts and our understanding. And... Uh, pray, Lord, that you've given us much to think about and to ponder. And I pray, Lord, that we would um, ponder those things in our hearts, Lord, and make decisions from them, Lord, and not forget unless um, Satan, Lord, um, snatch the word away um, before it takes root in our hearts, Lord. So I pray that you would help us, and especially, Lord, if anyone isn't saved, Lord, I pray that um, and they don't know if their sins are forgiven and that they have a home in heaven, Lord, I pray that you would um, just continue to answer their questions, Lord and um, work on them, Lord, and, and help them, Lord, and um, that they might come to you, Lord, and be saved. So we just love you. We pray, Lord, that you would um, just keep us um, safe, Lord, until we get to meet again. And I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.